and welcome back to Check Check Go. This is episode number five. My name is Philip, and I'm joined on a wonderful Sunday afternoon. Well, I guess it's morning by none other than Nathan. I don't need a hype man. Yeah, you do. Everybody needs a good hype. Way man. too excited about that. Well, I'm excited to see you. I guess you could say. Have you had a good week? I have. We'll talk about what you've been playing in a second. Anything else exciting happen? We'll get to there. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, if this is your first time listening, Check Check Go is a weekly video game podcast where Nathan and I discuss the latest topics of the video game world across all the platforms out there and maybe even a new one. Talk about that in a second. But we start each and every episode talking about what we're currently playing, rave about why we love it, or rant about why we don't. This week, Nathan, hit me. What you been playing? Uh, well, okay. I was going to say I played four different things. I didn't get to actually play one of them. You Uh, bought several different things. (laughs) I bought three games this week. (laughs) So Uh, next week should be a good week. Yeah. Um, Played a little bit more Warcraft 3. Still on that train. Yeah, a little bit. Um, that was the first of this week. Um, then saw an announcement for, and I don't know if you'll even know what this is, um, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. They're making a sequel for it. Now, the first one is based off a tabletop RPG of the same name, which I have never played, and I've never played the original vampire the masquerade game Mm -hmm. but i hear it's supposed to be like one of the most legendary rpgs that's ever been made for a computer um it was also the first game to ever use the source engine uh oddly enough Hmm. i mean you would think it would be half-life but it was not it was vampire the masquerade so anyway picked that up played it for a little bit liked what i've played so far so you picked it the first one Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, I've been I've been hearing about it for years. It's always been like one of those like must play RPGs for you know if you're into RPGs. Um, and I've always been looking for an excuse to pick it up. And when they announced the sequel, um, which is by Paradox, by the way, um, I had finally had that excuse to go and play the first one. All right. Uh, paint me the picture here. Like, what what year are we talking about that was released? Oh god, mid um, 2000s, early 2000s? Maybe before that. Oh, okay. okay. It was the first game ever made with the Source engine. <laughs> All right. So like pre-Half-Life, right? That's called uh, Vampire Vampire the Masquerade hyphen Bloodlines. There we go. Yep. And survey says 2004 okay so there you go yeah it's pretty old yeah but uh paradox is doing the sequel to it and um from what what i've read and what i've seen it looks a bit like dishonored almost which i'm cool with that Mm -hmm. um i played a little bit of the first dishonored i'm like not much in the stealth games but it was pretty fun i know a lot of people like dishonored too yeah and then on top of that, I picked up uh, Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice, and I've Yo died. A, I've died a <laughs> lot more than twice, <laughs> right? Um, but now, dude, the like I I texted you last night. The combat on that is so good, um, so just fluid. 
it's a bit of a departure from the rest of the Soul series. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't just, you know, dodge, parry, and hack until something dies. Um, they added a, a system called Posture. And uh, essentially, if you break someone's posture, um, you can insta-kill them. Wow. So you don't necessarily have to just beat on somebody on until yeah. they die. You just have to break their posture, which you can do by either like relentlessly attacking them or um, parrying blows, like deflecting blows. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just, it's a really good system, but it's very, very punishing if you don't time it right. Exactly. Uh, you know, like every from software game, right? So, I know early Souls games uh, combat was traditionally a little bit slower. Bloodborne sped that up a little bit. Is this oh, it's faster? it's very fast paced. Okay, like it is it is by far the fastest paced combat in any from software game. Right. Uh, still am- amazingly hard. Um, but you're having fun. As much as I think anybody can have fun with one of their games. Um, There's a couple of other mechanics that sets it apart from the other ones. Mm -hmm. Um, One of which is there's a system called Resurrection, where if you die, you actually get a chance to come back, like, immediately. I'm talking about, like, you fall over, you press a button, and you stand back up. Um, Because shadows have to die twice, Nathan. Well, okay, yeah, whatever. Maybe. (laughs) Um, But, uh... You can only do it, like, basically once per fight, because you have to kill somebody else before you can get it back, and, uh, like, it's, uh, like, a charge thing, yeah, yeah. and so you have to kill more people to get, like, more, like, be able to do it again. So, I mean, like, you can't just, like, string it together and just stay alive forever, and then once you die that last time, like, you go back to your last checkpoint, like all the other Souls games. Which brings me to another interesting point. You don't collect souls like you do in Dark Souls 3 and Bloodborne and all that. Um, you get skill points and money, and that's it. So, like, if you die, you lose half of your skill points and your money. And you use uh, skill points to buy skills, but to level up, like, your health, uh, you have to find items and then combine them into another item. Um, almost like heart containers from Zelda. Okay, okay. Uh, they call them prayer beads. You got to get four to increase your health. So almost exactly like heart containers from Zelda. Um, so that's that's a bit of an interesting departure from the rest of the series because you don't actually like level up stats or anything with souls anymore. Mm. So it's it's actually like even more skill based than it was before. Okay. Uh, the with dying. How brutal are the load screens to get back in? It's really not. I mean, like, it's almost instantaneous. Okay. Because I know at least early Bloodborne, that was the big thing, is not only are you dying a bunch of times, but the load screen to get back in was, like, a minute long. So, oh no, really No, 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 no. That's that's gone. I mean, like, you literally, like, you fall over, this thing comes up that says death, and then you just immediately appear back at whatever your last checkpoint was. That's the big thing, like, I feel like dying a bunch of times isn't too bad as long as it, like, throws you right back in. Uh, That's one thing that I liked about Celeste uh, is because, like, dying is actually sort of one of the mechanics because it's like, don't be afraid to try things. Like, don't be afraid to experiment because we're going to reward you in the fact that when you die, boom, it's instantaneous. Like you're right back to where you were. So that's encouraging 
to me. They did add another interesting mechanic where uh, the more you die, like NPCs in the world get sick. What? Um, because like the the lore explanation right, right. for why you can resurrect is uh, that you have like the dragon's heritage in you, which is like a certain like bloodline. And that's what lets you come back from the dead after you die. But the more that you use that ability, the more that a, uh, a basically a plague spread like spreads in the world. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, from a gameplay standpoint, what it does is, and I haven't actually, um, I I read up on this because I got like the first person got sick and I was like freaking out and I was yeah. like, did I do something wrong? Yeah. Like, is it supposed to be this way? And I'm like, no, it's 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 what happens when you die too much. Um, but basically if an NPC gets sick, um, you can't continue on their, like, if they have a quest line, you can't do that until you cure them. And there's only so many things to cure people in the world. So you got to kind of be careful about it. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so for a scrub like me that dies all the time, it's probably yeah. It's, it's gonna, gonna suck. Like, it's gonna be like watching the pandemic board just being taken over. All right. <laughs> then I imagine for like the pros who like never die, they're probably just gonna be like, I didn't even know that was a mechanic. Yeah. Or or the, yeah, those guys that uh, that did what was it, Dark Souls? Or did they wind up doing the entire series without um, getting hit? Yes, one guy literally just did that. He finished that he, this week. Yeah, he did all three Dark Souls games. I think he started with three and then went back to yeah. one. All three games without taking Dang. a hit. Without a it that is crazy um so i don't know was that the wait are you on pc with that yeah okay um oh and then the last game that i picked up this week was far cry new dawn because i said i would pick it up if it went on sale when it did so i got it and i haven't played it yet ubisoft listening to this podcast were like guys we gotta get a sale out right we gotta get nathan into far cry no they've already got nathan into far cry we gotta get him back into far cry that Spoilers for the end of five. That nuke at the end was too much for him. He had to take. A I don't step think away. that's a spoiler because literally the next they game is about the, after yeah, the yeah, nuclear yeah. apocalypse. So I don't think that's a spoiler. <laughs> if they did, they spoiled they their spoiled own game. They spoiled their own game. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people. Uh, some some people were upset about that, but also I guess they Darth weren't. Vader is Luke's father and Iris dies in seven. She does. <laughs> yeah. Don't give me that <laughs> shit. Uh, all right. So <laughs> you know if you played Philip. <laughs> Hey, I guess I can on Switch in a couple weeks. Uh, this that was all you. That's all you played. You picked up a couple games. So next week, you might have some more things to talk about. How how many hours into uh, Secure are you? Uh, maybe three or four. Okay, okay. So you got plenty to report in on. I should pick that up on Friday, I believe. So I'll probably talk about it next week as well. Anyway, Nathan. You asked me before the podcast had I finished Odyssey. No. Have I played more Odyssey? Yes. Have I taken a little break from Odyssey to play a couple other things? Also, yes. So, here's what I played this week. Uh, after, I guess it was, was it last week whenever I was like, oh, we should start ranking the 2019 games that we play this week. Or the, this year. Uh I looked. I went back and looked at the list and was like, okay, was well, there anything else that came out this year that I can pick up just to see? Okay, is it going to rank anywhere? So there's a couple games that I picked up. Number one, because I like platformers, right? 
it's not really your thing, but I like platformers. I picked up this puzzle platformer on Switch called My Memories of Us. And yeah, I I had not heard of it until I looked at the list. So the the picture here is that it's like a almost a hand-drawn cartoon voiced by Patrick Stewart. What? Set in an alternate universe equivalent of World War II. And it, it follows these like two Polish kids. And so Patrick Stewart is narrating his memories of being a child and having a best friend, essentially in World War II. But they replaced all the Nazis with robots. So there, there's a lot of parallels, uh, but they, they like symbolize everything they turn everything in sort of into sort of an allegory so it's not like like maybe a kid with a traumatic past would do exactly exactly well he and he's he's telling this to a kid so he's almost yeah it's almost like he has a traumatic past and he's like repressed a lot of things but he's also trying to like protect this little kid that he's telling the story to uh, so instead of just absolutely horrible, horrific things, uh, what happens is you you play uh, you play as both of these characters for maybe an hour or two, and then the robots take over the city, and uh, the robot king has this machine that you put two people in, and then he decides which gets uh, which gets their clothes painted red, and the entire game is in black and white, by the way. And so then uh, half of the people going to this machine get their clothes painted red and then they're ostracized from society. And like all of the shops and stuff that you went in in the first couple of hours, now there are like signs that are like no no red clothed people can come in here. And like you get stopped by the guards and you get like thrown in jail and stuff like that. So it, I read a couple of reviews that were like, I don't like it because it feels like it's trivializing what actually happened. But like, I also am a person who gets emotional over like cartoons. And I mean, like it does not take much for me to like really a story hit me in, in, in the feels. So like, I feel like if you feel like this is trivializing it, you probably just aren't like, I don't know, open to it because like, even though it's just like, oh, they get red clothed and now, you know, they can't go in that shop. I don't know. There's something about it that was like, oh my God, this is really freaking tragic. Yeah. And if you, if you like look at it as like this little boy went through this and then grew up and he's trying to like process this, I am assuming something bad happens to the girl. I'm assuming something bad happens to the girl because she's nowhere to be found and it's just this scrapbook. Uh, you know, of his, of his best friend as a child. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Mm. Oh, it, 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 it hit me pretty hard. The music is just absolutely incredible. Um, it has like this French uh, slash Eastern Europe, like uh, accordion vibe. And it, God, it's just, I don't know. It's been, it's been a really good, it's been a really good place so far. The other thing that I that I picked up, uh, spoiler alert, it's going probably above Anthem. <laughs> probably I feel like that's not a hard accomplishment at this point. 
Uh, other game that I picked up uh, that was on Switch. This is on PS4. Is uh, you may you may have played this game, or you even may have at least seen this game on Steam. Uh, but it's called Genesis Alpha One. No space uh, survival roguelike. No, I'm okay. not placing it. Okay, very interesting. Uh, I mean, I think that you would like it. I, the, I do. I do like roguelikes. Yes. So this is. Um, there's no building mechanic as far as like base building, except there is. So you get uh, you get dropped on the sh- or you're on the ship. You're the captain of the ship. You have a crew of uh, you start off with a crew of five people. You're the captain of the ship, and you can build out the modules of the ship. Um, and you have to go to these planets. There's also you can build a tractor beam in your ship so that you can like absorb debris from space, uh, and you accumulate. Uh, materials so that you can build more modules right so it's almost like raft in space yeah yeah except a raft if you could build a cloning module so that you can clone your uh your your crew members so that you can have more crew that sounds a lot like ftl i've never played ftl i feel like you would really like ftl it's also really really hard this is it's gotten a little bit easier just because, I mean, you know, that, that's sort well, of the nature if it's, of these if games. If it's a right? real roguelike, it should yeah. be getting easier as you go. But, like, I I was, like, so freaked out and nervous because then you can build a hangar. And instead of just, like, tractor beaming these things in, you build a hangar, uh, you assign a crew member to that hangar, and then you can land on these planets. Uh, to mine, to mine, um, you know, like iron, all these different iron, sulfur, all these different uh, materials. But there are alien life forms on these planets, and there is no like mini map in this game. Uh, so all all you get is like your earpiece says life form detected, and then um, it's first person, obviously, and. Uh, on your watch or something, you have like a little, like an Apple watch or something. It shows you what direction they're coming from. And they're just these little small, like bugs, but they, they pack such a little punch in their bites. It is insane. And so, um, there's permadeath. So if you die, I have, I have seen, I just looked this up. I have seen pictures of it before. And Mm -hmm. I remember seeing it on steam now. I didn't. I thought it was an early access. It just released oh. in oh, Team January Seventeen did it. Okay, not familiar with them. Team Seven. Okay, well, Team Seventeen is the one that did the uh, the Worms franchise back okay. in the day. They've branched out now, but like Worms are Armageddon, Worms World War, okay. all that kind of okay. stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, we played that. Yeah, yeah. Um, they they did all the Worm stuff. And like like I said, they've started branching out to like different stuff now, but that's what they got them started. And I also didn't realize that this was in first person. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. I might have to look this up. Yeah. So now that I've already bought you know four games in the last week, it's only like twenty dollars, I think. Um. Okay. So 
other thing that can happen is that when you're tractor beaming stuff in, you also tractor beam those little bugs in, okay? Which is a problem because number one, they can kill your crew members. Number two, they can go into the access shafts underneath the floors of your ship and they start spreading diseases and they start because they, I don't know, because they breathe a certain like, uh, a certain, there's not oxygen. They start like contaminating your oxygen, oxygen supply and they start like ruining those parts of your ship. So what happened in the tutorial mission? (laughs) Well, you lost the tutorial mission. Yes, yes. Because the tutorial mission is welcome to Roguelike, a, a normal mission, except they just like explain. Oh, okay. Now you need to build such and such. So, like, this was so. I don't think I'll ever forget forget this, but like, I didn't realize that it was going to like um, tractor beam those things in, and so I I was off like doing something you know, in a different part of, of my thing. Also, you know, the first couple times you play this and like, you're building your ship, you God. <laughs> like n- now I'm building my ship and I'm thinking of things like security and like, okay, I'm going, I'm going to use like, uh, these connector pods so that I can like shut certain things off. I'm going to like also build my tractor beam away from everything else. Because like I said, they'll get in the access shafts and they'll just spread out to other parts of your ship. So in the tutorial mission, I was like off doing something else. Like I, I may have been in like the greenhouse or something. And all of a sudden, like my, my earpiece was like life form detected, life form detected. And so I hit my, I hit my map and there were like these six or seven green dot or not, not green dots, but red dots that are just like going, going around. And, and so like I would run to these rooms and I can't find them because I didn't realize that there was the access shafts underneath the floor. And then it was like, oxygen compromised and such and such need to uh you have to like restore 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 and so then i I open my map and these different parts of my ship the modules are like blinking red or something like that and um i was in the back of the ship and the tractor beam was in the middle of the ship and it was the one that went first so as soon as it shuts down you lose access to all of the different things that it's connected to including my own thing so it eventually blows up and I'm in the greenhouse and I go to where the door normally is and it opens up and it's just space. space. <laughs> oh, and so, dude. And so I'm like, okay, well, if I can just get back to the bridge, maybe I can, I can like restore everything. I'm having like so many FTL flashbacks right now. So it let me like, it let me like, um, float through like the remnants of, you know, my different modules and stuff like that until a certain point. And then I guess I lost, I, I, don't, I don't know if it just like you, you can only be out there a certain amount of time because you don't have an oxygen tank or anything. But then I just started slowly floating away and I was like, no, no, no. And I just slowly floated to blackness and then wow. I had to start over because it's permadeath. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Might have to pick that up. Yeah. Uh, it, it's got some interesting things. Like, like I said, you have a crewman over five. You can clone uh, so the, the whole, uh, the whole mechanic is cloning. And, but then it's like something like you clone members, but then I don't know if it's after they get a certain amount of experience points or like you up, I think you upgrade your cloning machine to a certain point, but then they, they eventually become individuals. 
So it's like weird. And then you can also like splice, uh, you can mine DNA from, from dead, uh, from dead, uh, alien bugs and infuse that DNA with your clones. And so create these alien races. Uh, so that, that's pretty cool. But so if you're the captain, right. And you die, somebody else on your vessel gets promoted. Then you play as them. So it's not immediately like I lost all of my, all of my progress. Uh, so if like you slip and fall out into space, you can just keep playing. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, like the only time you're going to split out into space is, you know, if something (laughs) blows up, if you're fucked anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, but like one time I was, and it was actually on this playthrough because I've only actually had two playthroughs so far. Fingers crossed. Um, I I did a I did a, a sort of a mission to a planet. Uh, got ambushed by uh, by some bugs. I died, uh, but then like the camera was like, and then it was back on to the, the ship. And one of my crew members who was like running the tractor beam or something, it was like promoted. So now I'm the captain playing as them. Uh, so as long as you have crew members alive, like your your playthrough is safe. But the moment that last person dies, then that playthrough is gone forever. There's no way to retrieve it. So you're back to just having a bridge and having to build out your modules again. So, oh, well, I'm assuming that cool. even if you do completely die, there's some kind of progression that comes. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that that's true. You're unlocking different. You're unlocking different things, like when you're mining and stuff like that, and you're killing enemies and mining their biomass. Uh, you're unlocking the ability to uh, to clone aliens and stuff like that, and all of that carries over. So yeah, because it's a yeah, it's a yeah. roguelike. Uh, and and there are like God, there are like eight or nine different factions that you can start as, and you unlock those as you go. There are different like affinities or something that you can start with that would help uh, would give you things that you can actually start your mission with. So like it, I'm. I'm I'm drowning in space. Is this the is this the first roguelike that you've really played? Um, probably uh, categorized as a roguelike. I mean, survival stuff, obviously, but your progression doesn't carry over in that stuff. Oh god, okay. So, so you yeah. gotta play. You gotta play FTL, and you need to play Rogue Legacy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've if always you, if you like if you like the roguelike part of that. Well, you gotta play those two games. We'll see. I've always I I've always been hesitant about playing Rolex because I, I I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about the okay dying is a part of this because I get like attached to characters and stuff like that so I was like if dying is a part of this and I'm not really ever getting attached to one thing I don't know how I'm going to like this but. That's actually I, I, I that's actually do. part of the fun of roguelikes, though, yeah. because you do get a catch to that character, and then yeah. they die, and you're yeah. like, Rah! but now, but I think I think what it, what the roguelike had to do was put itself in into something that I did like, which was the, like survival space. So you yeah. definitely got to play FTL. Is it is it space? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, yeah. it's it's like two D top down. But, oh, um, okay, okay. I think you would really enjoy it. Okay, I think you would really like this. Unfortunately, I'm going to give it a look. It's one player, so no, no multiplayer. Aww. Which I, I'm hoping that they'll like patch in because it would totally work. It would totally, totally work 
because you could be you could have one person do running the tractor beam and another person running the greenhouse and things like that and like you know do like we did with like minecraft and raft and stuff um divisional labor and stuff like that and as long as you know there are enough crew members to support two players then i I think it would work but i don't know we'll see anyway uh those are the two things that i played a lot this week um yeah and i messed around in odyssey a bunch so so you didn't play lost odyssey i did not play lost odyssey no no one day yeah i have to finish odyssey first no matter like how long it takes me (laughs) so anyway i also uh you'll be proud to know started binging uh master chef jr last night oh my gosh yeah baby yeah i caught the the latest episode live and so uh then caitlin was like so you've just been watching like this current season Oh no, no like or are you going night, back and watching like no, all of them little last night was the first night that we caught it live and that was the first either either of us have seen of it oh my we god love, we love like we love food network but we had never seen master chef and i'm like nathan's been so you've never watched master chef or junior no, no no yeah exactly exactly oh so we watched god. it we watched it and we're like she turned to me and she was like is this on hulu so we can binge yes and i was like yes i was like alexa find master chef junior oh god now i'm gonna have to like not spoil who wins and stuff Yeah. so we watched i think we're on the finale of season one for junior or the junior yeah junior yeah um junior's not really gonna get good until about season three Uh, Uh, the first couple seasons they were experimenting with the format if you think that Um, we're we're in for season three starts it's it's a lot more like actual master chef starting in season three and it's we've loved and it's an actual full season i think the first two seasons are only like like episodes five or six episodes yeah. yeah yeah but i mean if you're saying that three is when it gets good then we're we're in for a treat because we loved the first season oh my god dude i'd MasterChef junior is one of my favorite tv shows in the world oh my god watching gordon ramsay try not to scream at those children is just it's soul food yeah so anyway there that's what i was kind of doing in the background of dying in space last night um so there we go uh all right let's let's head over into uh some topics nathan we got some things to talk about this week. No, we don't. Nothing happened. All right. That's, that's Nothing the end happened of the, this end, week. End of the episode. Uh, okay. I got the uh, I got the big news last. We'll, we'll talk about that last. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Nothing big happened in gaming this week. Persona 5, the Royal. Oh, my God. Got announced. I'm... We well, haven't you talked say, about this You yet. say announced. Like, it literally... We knew, we knew about, we knew about uh, Persona 5 R. And we knew that uh, they 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 had this thing in April planned to talk more about it. Yeah, you say we like you're involved in this at any point because you've never played a Persona game in your life. But that doesn't mean that I can't track what's going on. So I've known about P- uh, Persona Five R, um, just called like religiously keeping up with the industry. Uh, Persona 5 R and we knew that they were going to do something in April um, but then they kind of shadow dropped hey Saturday morning we're going to talk about this uh, and then that's when the Royal happened uh, but was there actually any legitimate information about what this is no not really yeah uh, um, it was more of like the original an trailer they don't an announcement I didn't even when I as of when I saw it yesterday 
um, they didn't even have like an English version of the trailer out yet. Mm-hmm. So um, it was literally just a a girl, a character that we hadn't seen before, um, doing a monologue in front of a TV screen with the Phantom Thieves on it. And so I don't know. Like I said, it was in Japanese, so I don't know what she said. Um, I couldn't okay, find a translation. Fan, fan thieves, because yeah, I, I was I was trying to remember what the wording was, but people on Twitter are saying that she says I don't like Phantom Thieves. So well, I mean, they go through like a series of ups and downs over the course <laughs> of Persona Five, so that's understandable. So both of the the speculation, that, both sides of the speculation I've seen is that she's i don't know a new protagonist well, half half of the people in the phantom thieves didn't like the phantom thieves before they joined it's possible she's a new protagonist so i'm assuming she's the protag yeah well i think everybody like half the people in the phantom thieves graduated at the end of the game and she's wearing the same school uniform as the school that they go to oh, okay um so i think no i think all of them graduated at the end and I mean, one of them didn't even go to the same school, so that I mean, it'd be interesting to see where they take this. Like, if they're going to get the gang back together, or if it's just going to be her, or, I don't know. But, but uh, it's going to be April before we get April twenty fourth. Yeah. So, I mean, almost like a month before we get any more information. Yeah. So after the trailer, is it pretty definitive though that it is just a a new version of Persona Five? That's what a lot of people are thinking. <laughs> Um, and they've done, they've done stuff like that before, like, uh, Persona 3, uh, got the golden version. That was 4. Uh, okay, no. Yeah. What was it? They did something for Persona I 3. <clears throat> I can't remember. <clears throat> but, no, but, uh, they but introduced... when that happens, they're, They like introduced a consoles. new character also. <clears throat> oh, I gotcha, I gotcha. Um, is what I'm saying. They're like, there's a new playable character when they did that in, uh, 3. Yeah. Um... I'm wanting to no, know that might have actually been four too. No, yeah, it was four. Oh, with Golden, they introduced yeah. a new character. Okay. Um, God of Sack was here right now. He'd be pissed off because Persona's his thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, but no, they introduced like a new character. Like, so this isn't the first time they've gone back to a, like another game and just tacked on more content and re like re released it. Well, so I don't know if that because it's it's built like the title of the game is Persona Five: The Royal. I mean, it's not like a different game. Um, it still says Persona Five on it, so I'm thinking it's probably just going to be an add-on. Yeah, but they like a complete version. They 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 have other series under each of their games, right? Because Persona Four had a dancing game, and Persona Five had a dancing game, right? Yeah, they they released game. three through five yeah. the dancing games so, a while ago. I know which one I of the theories, I, and it may have been before this announcement. So that that may that may be. Oh yeah, that's that's now. all already out. Oh, no, no, no. no. But what they were saying was that uh, the way that they did it in 4 was Persona 4, 4 a dancing game, and then 4 a fighting game. And so some people were speculating that this could be the announcement for the fighting game. but it, Which I would still play the hell out of. Yeah. So I don't know, I don't know if this footage kind of kiboshed that. So. This is also going to hit after Joker comes out in Smash. So I'm wondering if they're going to try to use that to generate some hype. Well, I was I was theorizing that because we were supposed to get more information on Joker and Smash in April when we're supposed to get more information about this and if it was a different version of Persona 5, I was theorizing that they were also going to announce it was coming to Switch would be which would be great. You but might actually play it. I yeah, I might. Um 
but I don't know. At this point, like, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm giving up hope, and that's just because like I haven't heard any more rumors about it. But I mean, Joker and Smash. Still, I feel like that's a good reason to bring it over, you know. But anyway, anything else you want to say about Persona Five? About how much you love it? Oh, it, only that it's one of the best video games I've ever played in my life. Good enough. All right. A uh, couple of other uh, announcements that happened this week. Uh, PlayStation came out and uh, announced a new thing that's happening. Uh, that's called State of Play, which is their Nintendo Direct. They're going to start coming out with these periodically throughout the year, giving updates on their software, hardware, things like that. I mean, it's literally like Nintendo Direct. Um, and that hits Monday. So that will have already happened when you guys are listening to this. Um, so that's happening Monday. Then Xbox came out and said they're doing a Nintendo Direct style thing. They've been doing the inside Xbox for, for a bit. But um, they're <laughs> this, also doing theirs. And this is how E3 dies. This, they're doing theirs on Tuesday. So <laughs> between both of these, I feel like we're getting more action than E3 is getting this year. Uh, Monday and Tuesday. So uh, look out look out for this. E3 is going to roll up and it's just going to be like Bethesda and Square sitting at a table. <laughs> like, where's everybody and else? And maybe Google. So uh, let's what are you talking about? go over Google didn't announce anything this week. <laughs> Google. Okay. Um, so Nathan, give me give me some of the backstory on like what did you know about this before this week? Nothing. I know. I think it was episode one of this podcast is when I announced that Google was doing something, and that was the first you'd heard about it. So going in, we we didn't really know exactly what it was going to be there was a lot of speculation that it was only going to be like a streaming stick uh and i think last week before before any of this happened schreier said it could just be a controller turns out that's right so there is actually no hardware technically tied to uh what well, is from what i read announced. you can just play in chrome yeah, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, uh, Google Stadia is the which, name. by the way, that's a dumbass name. Yeah, but so is kind of every other video game thing. PlayStation. It's a station oh, that you play at. I'm gonna that go makes sense. Play on my PlayStation. Xbox. Nintendo I got nothing. Wii? I can't. I can't defend Xbox. Nintendo Wii. Nintendo Wii U. Oh, even J- even the Japan. Switch, even the Switch, when the Switch was first announced, no, was like, you switch it from handheld to well, console. I know, the I Switch know, makes perfect sense. It makes sense, but so does this. This makes sense from a language standpoint. It's the plural of stadium, so we're all like playing in these different stadiums with each other. I mean, it makes logical sense, but it sounds stupid. I keep wanting to call it the Stavia, <laughs> the Stevia, yeah, like the sweetener, yeah. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm not the only one. It's been a common sentiment around the internet. I saw um, Penny Arcade released a comic, and they don't like the name. Ah, uh, well, a year down the road, nobody. What do, will be what do they know? They the just names. started packs. You know, they don't do anything. Uh, okay, so we didn't. We didn't. We we other than we thought that it, we were almost positive it was just going to be a streaming thing. Uh, very little hardware. That's all we knew. Turns out, here here we go. 
So it is a platform, not a console. It is a platform that will be streaming only. And yes, Nathan, like you said, it will be it will run on any device that is Chrome enabled. Anything that has Chrome on it, it will be running through that browser. So that can be a tablet, laptop, PC, TV, as long as you can get Chrome on the TV in some way, that being a Chromecast, or if it's um, like an Android TV, some smart TVs come with uh, like the, the Google Play Store, so you can get Chrome that way. So any way that you can get Chrome on a device, it will play uh, Stadia-enabled games. We do not have confirmation on what all games are coming. Uh, Phil Harrison, the the top dog of Stadia, claims that there's a lot of partnerships in place. Uh, they will announce more in the summer. Is all probably he said. Skyrim. All he said. Oh, fully expect yeah. Skyrim I mean, to be the first game. I mean, uh, Todd Howard. Todd heard, Howard probably he was heard, like, he's like, wait, Google's doing something. We can put Skyrim and on something. He else. approached them and was like, hey guys, we'll we'll go ahead and do it. Let's go ahead and do it. Uh, so yeah, probably Skyrim. Um, uh, we we know Assassin's Creed Odyssey, obviously, because th- that's what they tested this thing on. Uh, so you 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 would think that maybe Ubisoft is working with them. So it's possible that the other Ubisoft uh, games would be coming over. Uh, ID was actually at the conference, and they they were up there showing off uh, the new Doom game, Doom Eternal. So that's on there. Uh, there's a little bit of a little bit of negativity with that. I'll get into that in a second. So anyway, so that is the concept: streaming only any device that has Chrome on it. Some details with that: uh, they are claiming that because, of course, people the pushback is uh, well. So I won't actually kind of be. I will own these games, right? Because not only are you buying a digital. But you're also never downloading it. So I'm never owning it. Correct. You're not. It's just staying on the Google server. Um, other thing, it would be like, what about internet speeds? You know, that's going to be an issue. Well, let's, before you move on, uh, the thing about I don't own any of these games. Yeah. Everybody uses Netflix. You don't own any of the movies on Netflix, and you don't have a problem yeah. with that. Yeah. You don't own any part, of the yeah. TV shows on Hulu. I. It's just you're paying for a streaming service but you're not actually owning anything you're just paying for the like for them being available and this is going to be the same thing exactly so, well i don't think that's that should be a real concern you're just yeah and and, and if it is this just isn't for you and there are right, other go. options this there? isn't replacing it and that's going to be that's going to be the theme of this and like i know Phil, people Phil's that gonna, buy Phil's movies gonna, instead of watching on it's going to rant a little bit at various points the theme is this isn't replacing all your other options. So go exercise your right to use those options if this isn't for you. But yeah, you're, you're totally right. Netflix, Hulu, like we are used to Spotify. We are used to the concept of not owning things and we're totally okay with it and other stuff other than games. So gaming gamers just freak out about everything that they can freak Ch- out about. Change is bad. Change is bad. Okay. And then internet speeds being an issue. Phil Harrison on uh, Kotaku's split screen podcast officially said it was 25, 25 uh, megabits per second for 1080p 
60 frames per second. That was in the test. That's what it, that was. And he said that that was even shoot. That was overshooting a little bit. It was really 20, but they, they said if you have 25, then that was a little bit of a buffer. Uh, but he said because of uh, some optimization uh, since then, and they figured some things out at launch, which it is launching in 2019 at launch, it should be able to stream 4k 60 frames a second needing only about 30 megabits per second so there there are the speeds um people concerned about internet speeds across the board uh they're concerned about data caps they're concerned about rural areas and i don't want to trivialize like rural areas and like okay you don't have internet fast enough and you 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 you, you are in a situation where you can't get internet fast enough because I know that that exists, right? Like even in, even where we live, we can only get internet up to a certain speed and then you go to Atlanta and you can get like 10 times that fast. But like, so I understand that and there's, there's that, but worse in other areas, but okay. Once again, you don't have to play this way and this doesn't have to be for you. Number one, I think that, this will force internet speeds across America to get better because my, my philosophy is if Google is serious about doing this, they're going to do whatever they can to make sure that their business model is successful. So if that means getting people better internet so they can play games and spend money on this service, they're going to do that. Like they did in Louisville, Kentucky with Google fiber. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, Oh no. Did you not know what I'm talking about? They abandoned Google Fiber in Louisville, Kentucky because they just couldn't make it work. Really? Yeah. Um, AT&T and I think one of the other major companies put pressure on them and there was like a lot of like uh, like citizen backlash and they just abandoned the Google Fiber project in Louisville after two years and like really pissed people off because they like tore up roads and stuff and like oh. a whole like a whole bunch of like over a two year period. I mean like like they got the city to pass laws and stuff and just they got a whole lot of backlash. So why did they abandon it? Um I, they weren't making money off it anymore and like they could like AT&T was fighting them the whole way um and like they just cut their losses basically and said now we're just giving up. <laughs> That's weird. But why were people okay. Right, anyway, why were you angry that they because they were tearing if- up everybody's roads <laughs> oh dear and then not giving anyone internet <laughs> well they're not giving anyone internet because it sounded like people weren't buying it i don't know i don't know anyway uh so so even even if they aren't the ones that that are doing it i think back two years ago right two years ago when i was with my crappy little internet service uh the most i could get was 25 was 25 megabits that was the most oh, that they wow. offered in this area. I started at 100. Well, you started here at 100 two years later. And that, that's sort of my point. Over a two-year period, the those service providers in this area have been raising, continually raising what they offer in this area, I guess due to demand, I don't know, or population, I don't know, or just the internet growing up and like as time goes by. So 25 was the most I could get. Then it rose to 50. Then it rose to 100. I saw a sign when I went in to pay my bill the other day that we're getting one gig. So, like, as time goes by, 
the internet gets better in places. So I think, you know, even if right now there there's a, a wide swath of America that can't who play you, this. Who are you using right now? Wow. Do you want to say? Well, wow. okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind saying. Come after me. <laughs> yeah, no, I have Time Warner, and their basic package is 100 megabits. Uh, yeah, no, they um, they well, see now if you go on their website, their basic package is is 100. Yeah. But when I was starting, the premium package was 50 wow, <laughs> or like 25. And so I bought as much as I could, then upgraded. And now I'm going to upgrade again and double my internet speed for less money for about $20 less. That's crazy. You know, and it's just going to keep getting, I mean, it's just this, as time goes by, technology becomes more accessible and cheaper. That's just the way things go. So I think across the board, this is going to be more accessible as time goes by, as long as they stick with it. Um, then the other thing is data caps. And I think data caps, I've never run into them. Like, are we capped here with, with certain, with certain things you have time Warner? Do they have data caps? Not that I know of. Okay. Cause that's never something that I've run into, but, uh, I don't know if that is a Comcast thing or uh, I guess if you have maybe Verizon internet, that might be a thing. Uh, but that is not a thing for some. I mean, when providers. you say data caps, I'm thinking cell phones. It was very similar, except so I don't you think use a certain amount of home I don't think that's Wi-Fi cable. internet. I'm yes, thinking- it is. It is home Wi-Fi internet. If you're using a certain amount of data, whether that is streaming Netflix, doing whatever you are doing on your Wi-Fi after a certain point, they throttle you. They throttle your speed. I've never run into that. But that is a thing, apparently. Yeah, I've never run into it either, but that is a thing, apparently, and people are concerned about it. But as Phil Harrison said, uh, if you look at when Netflix launched, that was a problem. Guess what? Things changed whenever people couldn't watch Netflix. You know, and like, once again, in my mind, especially if it's not like, I don't know. The whole Kentucky thing, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that was a huge investment. And, yeah, they were doing a bunch of stuff. and sucks that they tore roads and stuff. But I think on the data cap end, they're going to have no problem doing whatever it takes, passing whatever leg- legislation they need, putting pressure on whoever they need to to make it where uh, service providers are not capping people using their service. So, you know, if Netflix can do it, Google can do it. Okay. <laughs> Um, so I don't think that's necessarily going to be an issue in a year or two. So that stuff out of the way, the other thing, and I, and I would, I would say is probably the biggest leap, uh, that they're going to need to address is latency, uh, because people were already confirming playing mouse and keyboard on doom eternal. It was very noticeable that your inputs were lagged a bit. Yep. So, I mean, that, that is the drawback to this isn't running on the machine. It's running on a server. So they're going to have to address that. And I think that that is the, the biggest hurdle for them because once again, you can do whatever you need to, to blah, 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 get, make the internet better, get rid of data caps. But like if the tech just isn't there to make it so that the latency is low enough that it's not noticeable, then I, I think it's going to be well, a hard you're gonna sell. Lose, you're going to lose all competitive FPS, yeah. all your fighting games, all that. I exactly. That's just gone. It, and that's a huge, that's, that's, that's huge. half your market that's in gaming. Yeah. Um, 
and and and, and that's a big thing. So I think they're going to have to have to figure that out. Uh, and the thing is, like, I feel like a lot of people's response though is like, it's not time, or like, why are they doing this? Because you know the tech isn't there. And my response to that though is like. God, if we never try, then how you are we going to fix somewhere. it? Yeah, I mean, like this is this is the beginning, and like the reason that I, I feel like this is so big, and I'm not just like jumping on the bandwagon for the sake of it, but like from a strictly historical perspective, I think this was big. This is the first time a major player has entered the gaming industry in this way since Microsoft did with Xbox. Like we haven't had a console maker or like a big industry mover since the Xbox. People have been throwing out comparisons to the Ouya. I think that is a laughable comparison because that was a Kickstarter thing with a, a company that did not have a whole lot of capital to, to move or pour into this or invest into it. And of course it failed. Uh, I, I think comparisons to the Ouya are just completely astounding. Uh, but this is a, this is a Microsoft, like, you know, Microsoft, just huge, huge company able to pour money, able to take a loss to begin with and, you know, create this division. I think Google is a similar thing. Like this is not Google's only thing and they could take a loss on it to begin with. Uh, and they've, they've accumulated a good talent with, with that division with Phil, Phil Harrison. Um, we'll talk about it in a second, but Jade Raymond um, being the head of their first party studio. So, this is a major player in the video game industry. So from that perspective, I'm really excited. Uh, and the thing is like, it may not be flawless to begin with, but few things are, you know, what could Ask VR when it first or yeah, yeah. VR. Yeah. Um, and, and I feel like if we, if we take this perspective every single time that somebody's trying to do something new or do something different, if we're like, Oh, the tech's not there. Or, oh, it's not perfect to begin with. I feel like people have just forgotten that it's okay for things to be kind of wonky to begin with. Like, that's how that's how we <laughs> refine things that's over Bethesda's time. That's whole business model. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, Bethesda's 20 years into making Elder Scrolls games, and they're all a bit broken at, at, to begin with, you know? Or even in the end, they're still kind of broken. Um, so, <clears throat> I don't think I don't think a response of... Uh, oh, got some latency to begin with. They don't, they they need to just ditch this whole streaming thing. Uh, I, I feel like it's a little short sighted. I, I think if anything, Google is looking into the future and they're 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 looking long term. They're playing the long game, um, and they see that this is the way that things are moving. Now, my question to you, Nathan, is because it's the big debate. They did not mention price at all. We do not know how this is going to cost. Uh, some people seem to think it's going to be a subscription model, a Netflix style. What is your response to that? Because well, because their evidence is this. Their evidence is this. Number one, and these are the, the things that over and over people have said. This is the way that streaming works. Spotify, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, things like that. This is the way streaming works. Number two, uh, if you if you watch in there, one of the features is you can be watching a YouTube video pause the YouTube video, click play on Stadia, and within five seconds, you're playing the game. So there wasn't a purchase screen. There wasn't blah, 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 any of that. So they're like, okay, well, 
is probably be a Netflix style subscription. So what's your sort of gut reaction to that? I, my gut reaction is why are they even considering any other option, but subscription? Like that's the only thing it could be. No, no, there are a couple different other things. I don't necessarily think it's going to be a subscription because I don't know well, how like you want you're, to get. You're having to buy the individual games and then stream them. Yeah, yeah. You're 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 if that's putting the, them on your account. No, no. That that's the way that's the way that they do all other stuff. You can still buy music through Google. You can still buy movies through Google, and it just goes into your account. Yeah, but that's that's movies and music, and I no. I feel like if they're gonna do this, it needs to be. Netflix I, I don't think I do not think that you can get publishers on board with like day one putting third party games in some some subscription service. Look at Game Pass. They well, aren't say getting that, new games. Look at how many filmmakers got on board with Netflix though. No, but you're not you're not still you're still not getting in Netflix you are getting six months after release is getting on there. That doesn't that's not gonna necessarily work for a game. I think for their platform to be successful, you're going to have to be able to play these games on launch to compete with other consoles. Otherwise, then, I mean... Well, here's here's my problem with buying... If I'm buying the individual games on Stadia, what's the point of using Stadia if I have to buy the game? If I have to buy the game... If I have to buy the game anyway, I'm just going to buy it on Steam, and then I can play it with no latency, no lag, and I, I, there's no point. Well, I, I mean, once again, the only reason I would before, use Stadia is if it was a subscription service, and all I had to pay was ten dollars a month, and I could just stream all the games I wanted. Yeah, but where is the money for other people in that? Like, I, I don't think that that—that's their problem. Game, <laughs> but I, but I <laughs> that's don't what think they that got to sell people on. That uh, I don't think that that is possible right now. I don't. How would you? Okay, so how would you feel if you had to buy all of the individual games on Game Pass? What's the uh, point of having Game Pass at that point? Oh, but you wouldn't have Game Pass then. That's the, that, that's what you know, I'm saying. That, that, it's apples and oranges because Game Pass is not a system where you can play things everywhere. This is a platform. It will where, be. No, I mean that's you, what they're moving put, towards. They will put Game Pass on everything. Yes, but the other thing is that Game Pass. Once again, you're getting you're getting uh, Microsoft's first party games for free. That's one of the big. Uh, the big draws to it but the other thing is after like six months to a year you're getting older games put on there that's the that's the draw to it but um but no i i would look at stadia which is once again the promise is play it anywhere so okay so you said that one of the first games that's more than likely going to go on there is Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yeah. I've already paid for Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Why why the hell would I buy it on Stadia and play it as a lag fest when I already own and can run the game? Then don't then don't buy it on Stadia. That's that's the whole then, okay, the, that's the so, whole point. So though. if your response to that is don't buy it on Stadia, what's the point of having Stadia at all? Well, okay. Same same deal with like uh Epic is getting into the Epic Store, right? You're still going to have to buy stuff on Epic Store just because you download Epic Store doesn't mean that you're going to get everything you've ever paid for. That's that that is that is that is economics. That is consumerism. Like this is a new player, so yeah, if you're going to use their service, you're going to probably have to buy stuff again. I mean, and like Nintendo has never minded uh, charging everybody for the same games multiple times because it's on a different console, and once you buy it one time, and a new platform comes out, you have to buy it again. That I mean, that's 
that that's been around for forever. You know, but that's going back to the the thing that people have about ownership, which it's like if I have to buy the individual game, why would I choose to do that on a platform where it can just literally be gone? But that is if digital. Google that is, to shut that it is off. digital, and you're the digital guy. That is digital across the board. Just because you buy a digital game on your PS4, but they can I, pull it. I still downloaded those files. But it doesn't matter. The moment that they pull it from the store, and then you're you have to get a new PlayStation, or those files get corrupted or deleted, you can't go back to the store and buy it again. Like you don't own those. They can at a moment if PS if PSA like goes we down. Got off topic on this. no, but no, this is part of it. I mean, this is part of what people are concerned about. Is but regardless, I I still think buying piece uh is it piecemeal or is it piecemeal? What I've always heard piecemeal. Piecemeal. Okay. I still think if you're buying piecemeal, like that, nothing nothing changes. It's just a different store, and. Once again, so you're saying it's going to be the Google Stadia store and not the Google Stadia streaming service. I think they may have a streaming service where they offer, like Game Pass does, they offer maybe their first party games are free. And then once again, older titles are on there. So this whole conversation started. You asked me what I thought about this. If it's the Google Stadia store, I will not ever touch it ever because there's no point. Because it it doesn't speak to you. If it is the Google Stadia streaming service, I might pick it up so that I can, you know, like go to somebody's house and be like hey you want to play this game sure let me open up chrome yeah but you see you're you're looking at it as like you're you're looking at it at your hope for it is that it's just a service what i think it's going to be i think it is a console platform it just happens that there isn't a box and i am fully expecting to have to if buy that games. is my option then there's literally no reason for me to pick stadia over the options i already have i i think i i'm just saying if down the road, because like I said, Lacey is going to be their big hurdle. If they can fix that, then I would be totally fine. I Because once again, I am looking at this as a console. And if it plays eventually, if it plays as well as some of my other stuff, I have no problem buying individual games and playing them as long as it runs, it runs the same as my other stuff. So I, I just don't, I don't understand like, well, I mean, the, the, this is the same thing. It's just a new console. And, I mean, you pick up, you know, Xbox One, you're not just going to automatically have everything that you've bought on PS4. This is a whole a whole new, like, isolated platform. So, anyway, that was a good discussion. <laughs> um, there, there are a bunch of other features. There's a lot of integration with YouTube. There is the promise that uh, you should be able to jump into the games almost instantly. Um, you would be able to watch people stream and like, if they're playing a multiplayer game, you can like join their game session immediately just by Which watching YouTube. A, a negative for me. Cause I want nothing to do with that. <laughs> um, other things, uh, would be when you're playing, um, they, they use tomb Raider for an example. Um, and you have to have the controller for this the Stadia controller, but, uh, you can say, um, you, you, you can say, I can't figure out how to do this puzzle, whatever. And it will immediately like pull up a YouTube video, show you how to do it. Like to the moment, so it'll like scrub through the video, put you in the moment of how to f- figure out the puzzle. And you're doing that all on the same screen. You're not closing a tab or anything like that. Um, 
Then there is the state share thing, which is kind of interesting where you, you can essentially export the game, your state in the game, you make a save state and uh, it puts the entire game in that single moment into a link and you can share that link. So, you know, you send that to somebody and they immediately can play the game from that, from that moment. Um, and they're all putting out a controller controller. looks a lot like, uh, it's a, okay. It's a generic ass controller. Well, it looks, look, looks a lot better than the, the patent, that was out and they were like trying to do like this ooh, cool edgy thing. And it was like, all like, sharp I mean, it has edge. a D pad, two sticks and, but, and four buttons. But see, That's the thing is like, I am totally fine with that. Please just make generic okay, controllers. No, that's, I, that's what I'm, yeah. that was, I'm, I, I guess me saying that came across as a bit negative. It's yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. There like, is no reason not to have a generic <laughs> exactly, ass controller for this. Exactly, Cause <laughs> I'm telling you with the, the, like when that patent came out, and I was looking at it, it was like squared and like edge and like the whole steam controller. Like, I don't like the idea of the steam controller. Cause it's just like, there's nothing wrong with this. This is, this is fine. We understand this. And look, I, is I am gesturing at a, at a, yeah, PS4 at a PS4 controller. sorry, sorry. Uh, and look, you know, I am the pro change guy, but like, this is good. Like, we this have, is good. We have evolved controllers to the way that they all look now for a reason. Yeah, yeah. The, like, this is the ultimate... Like, this works, right? Put more buttons on it, fine. I mean, this is, like, like, the controllers that we have now are literally, what, 20... How long is the Super Nintendo 30, open out? Like, 30 20, 30 years, years of, yeah. like, literally people just Iteration. studying how, yeah. how controllers should feel in your hand. Um, But, it, honestly, like, the the... The, the the thumbprint if you if you will like it looks just like the the switch pro controller except uh with the um the symmetrical analog sticks on on a ps4 controller but it's just like the the perfect you know melding of those two things so there there is that it does have some features uh it connects um it connects via wi-fi to the to the server and so it's not connecting to your machine they're claiming that that gets rid of latency we will see i feel like that has the opposite effect be well because then because then you're having input lag instead of latency which is just as bad input lag because why like the time it takes to read and respond to the button presses the game to your button presses? Yes. As opposed but, to like server based like lag. Well, like latency. But 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 the but their point is that the game or like so the game's on the server, the controller isn't connecting to a machine which is reading so so they cut that out so the controller is just connected to the game through Wi Fi. So through, you're streaming, yeah, through, so you're streaming, you're streaming the game on Wi-Fi. You're, you're through Wi-Fi, yeah. Which means you're still gonna have input lag. I'd have to, I'd have to see. <laughs> we'll how have that to works. see. We'll have to see. Yeah, that's the big thing. We'll have to put it in our hands. Also, I mean, they can tell me that it works all they want. Yeah, and that, and that was the big thing of like they made a lot of promises. So now I just have to see how much of that was PR speak. How much of that? <laughs> and is Sean big. Murphy just like Sean Murphy's over here like, don't Murphy. do it, bro. Don't yeah, don't promise yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah, don't over. Yeah, look. I got, I got, I got somebody at work who always says, <laughs> "Under promise and over deliver. Never over promise and then under deliver." Because that, that's when you get into that's just major like good life advice. Trouble. <laughs> that's just life. That, yeah, there you go. Um, 
it's good relationship advice too. Uh, <laughs> so, so that was the big thing this week. Uh, it's going to be an evolving conversation. Uh, we'll see. They kept saying, um, we'll, we'll find out more during summer. And everybody was like, Oh, you mean E3? And they're like summer. So I, I think that they're going to be at E3. E3, I think needs them at this point. That'd be, that'd be a good they gotta have another somebody. showcase. Uh, it could be the Microsoft. Man, and people leave an E3 like rats off a sinking ship. <laughs> Except for Microsoft. Microsoft's like, all right, well, we'll just be the only show in town. Um, they should unveil xCloud, which will be the the biggest interest, like uh, the, the, the biggest next step in this is because Microsoft is also getting into the streaming game. So we'll see just how big those two giants, you know, how, how different are their services um, you mean until works. Disney buys them both? Oh, jeez. You know, I I thought that there were like laws in this country like protecting us from monopolies, but I guess Disney bought Disney those bought, the, bought the yes, laws. Yeah, they bought the laws. So <laughs> Disney geez. just owns America. I mean, I say yeah. that it's getting close to it's that. It's getting close to that. Uh, all right. Um. Nathan, you got anything else you want to add for this wonderful episode? I don't know. Maybe if Disney did own, you know, all the major gaming stuff, we wouldn't keep getting canceled Star Wars games. <laughs> Yikes! Uh, they said they said they they don't have a problem with with EA's stuff. I, whatever that means. Oh no, it's EA that's been canceling all the stuff. It's I, not Disney. No, I know. No, that's what I'm saying. Is like Disney has reviewed. Disney gets their, all the money with no work when people make video games. Yeah, but I mean, like they could be making more money if these games actually came out, right? So, yeah, but apparently, according to them, they, they don't, even they don't Disney mind. hates EA. I still think they'll get out of that contract and go somewhere else, or they won't actually sign they, an exclusive contract. With they them. need to turn Star Wars back over to everybody instead of the EA. Did you see where uh, the LucasArts games, um, Disney re- resurrected that game studio? Who? LucasArts. Really? Yeah. Yeah. When the original. Did, the original. When did that ha- I know who LucasArts is. Shut yeah. the fuck up. What, you were saying when did that happen? Yeah. This week? Huh. Yeah, yeah I missed that. Yeah. That's uh, that's actually pretty big news. Yeah. They, they said uh, don't expect them to make Star Wars games. I mean, they've got to get out of the contract with EA at some point or run it out, which is in like 2023 or something. Well, I feel like if anybody can buy out a contract from somebody, it's Disney. Yeah. They're, that's like, oh, let's go to the snack machine today. Okay, let's buy out our EA contracts. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like a huge document. Oh, that's like, uh, what is that? That's E3. Wait, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we'll... we'll um, We'll close the episode out here. This has been episode five of the Check Check Go uh, podcast. Nathan, it's been a good week. Yeah. What you going to be playing? Probably Sekiro and Far Cry New Dawn. And I'll I'll pick up Sekiro this week. So until maybe, next time. Maybe Genesis Alpha 1. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep playing that. And uh, I'll just keep dying over and over again in every video game <laughs> ever. I'll see you guys next week. Later. See you.